And a very good day. Welcome to the Sports and Media Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Show number 51, if you believe that, Joe. Um, maybe. <laughs> For some reason, our levels are really low, but that's okay. Now we're back. We're also on Facebook Live, and we're going to start off by asking some of our Facebook people while uh, a question that Joe brought to uh, my attention today. As you watch sports, what makes sports entertaining, whether the actual game or the shows that kind of connect to the games, the pregame show, the talk shows, the postgame show? So which is it? Do you just like sports in terms of game format, or do you like all the stuff that's connected with the game? So if you can, post that on uh, our first Facebook page, and we will uh, kind of uh, talk about those. And I know you've already got a couple that people have already talked about uh, in kind of a little pre-prep there. So uh, what are people saying? Do they like the games, or do they like the other stuff? Well, one of the questions I asked is, do you, what, do you watch NFL games in particular? And, and it really could be for any sports whatsoever. But last week, two things, which I know you know too, is that uh, they had the two games in L.A. with the one with the Rams and then the, the Chargers combined had about the same attendance as the Florida-Tennessee game. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like 87,000 combined. And we're seeing empty stadiums or, or, or not nearly as filled stadiums in San Francisco and several other places. Um, TV ratings went down 8% last year. The first week of this year is down 12, and then it was 15 the second week. So yeah. there's clearly a lack of interest in the NFL. It, there's definitely a disconnect right now between everything that's going on with the NFL and the fans. And I mean, moving two teams to L.A., I think everybody thought that was a bad idea, but dumb. the NFL. Yeah, it was, it was one of the – there's no team, so let me throw two teams in there and divide your loyalty so you don't know what. And it's just oversaturation today. That, do you think there's too many teams in the NFL? I don't think there's too many teams. I just think I, NFL. I think you said at one of our first shows, LA has never really said that they wanted an NFL team. <laughs> well, right. And and now they've given them two. And now, but granted, both teams are not very good. There's lack of star power overall, other than Philip Rivers. Uh, but they they can't. They're not showing up. To the, it's empty seats in a small stadium for the Chargers. That's the most concerning one. Yeah, was that thirty thousand? Yeah, that's that's a Chargers have a little bit of a following. You got Gates and you got Philip Rivers, and they can't get anybody to go to those games. Now the Rams are going to have to you know prove that they're a a proven commodity like they were in St. Louis, and people will come. But you know everybody says St. Louis didn't support the Rams. I disagree. I, I've been to a couple Rams games down there, and it was absolutely packed both times I was there. So. St. Louis, I think, you know, kind of got the raw end of this whole deal because they supported the Rams, and now they don't have a team, and L.A. has two teams, and no one goes. And, and as we know, the reason they left wasn't because they weren't supported. It was because they didn't get this amazingly, overly gracious, uh, um, <laughs> generous offer from, from St. Louis. And they're surrounded, what was it? I don't know if it was from the county or from the city, yeah, they, but they were asking for way more than they deserved. They're professional business they should be paying for their own facilities and there was nothing wrong with their facility it was a really nice stadium there was nothing wrong with the what twa dome slash whatever it became they, yeah it used to they be changed the names every, finance yeah. company yeah but again so if you're watching this on facebook we want to know do you like watching sports games or do you like watching the shows that are around them the pre and post game show and maybe some of the other talking head shows that espn and fox and cbs and all of them do when you're getting ready to watch your uh, game and, the, and there have been several surveys talking about why they're not watching. I mean, still, we know the NFL is still number one in the top dog when it comes to, to TV ratings nationally. Um, it's not like baseball where they're more popular regionally. Uh, there's more tribalism in baseball, and maybe NBA probably is sort of in between the NFL and, and Major League Baseball. But 
the games are really uninteresting so far, aren't they? The NFL. I have. I've been really uninterested in the games I've watched. I yeah. I I was just you. You you beat me to the punch on that one. Yeah, the games have been. relatively boring, not exciting, really poor offense, terrible offensive line play. And I'm going to go back to the other thing is that the NFL's problem right now is you watch a play on TV and then you immediately look to the lower right third to see if that play counted because of the yellow flag. NFL officials call way too many penalties and it takes away from the game. And yet you think, oh, great play, look to the right. Oh, okay, count it, then you start over. I do not like watching TV like that. I think, in, you know, unless it's an egregious foul, I would just let. I prefer they let them play. Yeah, and there was a stu- there have been several studies, but there was one. I don't know if it was Forbes magazine or somebody had had done some sort of study on why people aren't watching. That was one of the big reasons was that the, they called it both delays and too many flags. Yep. There's too much waiting around and not sure. Wow, that was fantastic. Yeah, you get all excited and then you wait and there's a penalty and it's on the other side of the field. It had nothing to do with the play and then you you, you really get depressed on that one. So, yeah, that's my thing. So, I, I agree. What about you? Does, you, you? You like watching the pregame and postgame or are you, are you rather turn it on right when first pitch or first first kick? It depends on the game, really. I mean, but I'm pretty good with just watching it. And I, I, I really came down to thinking if I'm, we're educating people on what to do in media, you know, in our yeah. classes, you teach the broadcasting class, and, and I've got a several, couple of other ones, and trying to tell them what should you do. So when we're writing stories, when we're broadcasting the games, what do we do to make that game entertaining? Because last week we talked about um, Rex Ryan and, and Beth Moen doing that game. Yep. Um, I am all in on, on, on more female announcers, and, and I know it's a very, very difficult thing to do. But she, I was, I, I was listening and slash watching, doing work. I, I was not imp- overly impressed. I'm not saying she didn't do a good job, because there's a lot of people who do a good yeah. job that I'm not entertained by. But she, although she did a far better job than Rex Ryan, yeah. Rex she's Ryan the, was horrid. He's the one. She was like, oh, she's okay, but she's not. You know, the, yeah. you know the difference between okay and yeah. pull you in. And and she's better than than many out there. But how many announcers do you listen to, and you go, "That was oh, I really enjoy that announcer." I agree. I I'm well, not. Here's funny. We had this exact same conversation with Ramin, our producer here at WEIU TV, that he likes to watch the games because of who is announcing. Where I tend to sometimes drone them out because it just it it kind of gets unless they're really really good, I don't care. And I guess it's because you just kind of like watch. I like to watch the game. Uh, I, I do like Al Michaels on Sunday night. I don't like Chris Collinsworth. I love Collinsworth. Yeah, you love Collinsworth. Oh, I do. See, to me, he's the absolute worst announcer on football, in football. Did you like Howard Cosell when he was? I loved Howard Cosell. I, I I hated. I loved hating him. You did. Most people did. I mean, it's funny how many people loved hating. But him. I love. But that means I I, I sort of really enjoyed. It's it. the Howard Stern. I, he theory. was entertaining yeah. to me, and he was also smart. He he wasn't afraid to to make some commentary. And he usually made pretty astute commentary. Yeah. Yeah, and not just all about football as well. So yeah, uh, you know I, I'm I I like Dan Fouts a little bit on, as a color commentator. Um, you know I, I like I don't I don't mind any of the, I don't mind Greg Gumbel. You know I, I don't really dislike that many announcers. That mostly the lead announcers play by play because I think that is where the actual hardest work is because they're you know the play by play. Yes, the color guy has to analyze and it's a little, I, mean, I know it's not easy, but to me it's a little bit easier because you have a guy in your ear helping you out who made the tackle and you got two or three guys in your ear that are that are helping them. 
You know, in college world, it's just his voice just annoys me. It's part of the problem. I'm sorry. <laughs> so well, we're asking for people out there. We've got a lot of people watching He's the watching pride of Facebook. Titusville, Florida. Come on. Is that close to you, I assume? I used to live there. there, yeah, there. Now uh, we know the rest of the, the story. His dad was actually the superintendent of schools for Brevard County, where Cape Canaveral is. That's, right. Brevard, that's Titusville. There you uh, go. But, but I enjoy teams when I'm listening. I, I enjoy watching Major League Baseball. There's certainly more games, and I think it be, you yeah. become – I grew up watching the Yankees and WPAX in New York, and I got to know Phil Rizzuto, Bill White, uh, and, 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 and any of the people who rotated in with Yeah, it was like the Braves Bob and Messer. Pete Van Weeren and Skip Carey and all right. that. Yeah, and you know, I enjoyed yeah. the relationships. Like right now, I, I get MLB.com. I, I, I watch Michael Kay, and, and it rotates in whether it's Paul O'Neill or, or Al Leiter and, and David Cohn. And, and those relationships are part of listening to a baseball. Baseball, of course, is a different game to yeah. broadcast, right? Yeah, there's so much, a lot more fill time in, in, in baseball, and, you, and it's a longer, it seems like it's a longer game. May not be about, you know, still about three hours each, but it, you, there's a lot more fill time in baseball because of, of this between the pitches. Right. And, and so when, when you're teaching that, what, uh, what do you what would, what do you tell the, your students when they're doing baseball compared to say football or another sport? Well, in football, I think that you you, you rely on your commentator more than you do in baseball because I think that the football commentator is going to analyze that last play because you got the replay with it and then you kind of see that on TV. Where in baseball, you don't the replay's there, but everybody kind of got it because there's only one ball and it's open field where everybody can kind of see who made or didn't make that play. And so I think it's, a you know, that football announcer has it a little bit easier than the baseball announcer who has to fill and, and talk about the ambiance. And, you know, like Vin Scully, he, 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 he described the stadium he is in, the colors and the smells and the sound. So you really thought you were there with him. Yes. Uh, some of the Reds announcers in the, in the, you know, when they had the Big Red Machine did the same thing, you know, the Marty Brennemans and those guys. So I oh, think yeah. they, they tell that story. Jack Buck and, you know, did that. You you know, Harry Carey didn't tell the story. He was more he was trying to make himself be the story, which was fine at the time. Well, well, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah. But he was. But people also sometimes forget how good of an announcer he was before that yeah. when he was with the Cardinals. Before he became a character, and yeah. wasn't he also the White Sox? Thanks, uh, White Sox. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he he was. So if, if someone's going into the so someone is listening and they want to go become a broadcaster somewhere um, on radio or TV. What's one or two things you want to tell them to have them stand out? Well, first of all, don't emulate. That's what I tell everybody. You cannot. You can you can like Howard Stern. You can like Bob and Tom. You can like Vin Scully, Bob Costas. You can like all those you know professional or whatever you want radio stars or broadcasting stars. Don't emulate them. Learn from them, but be able to tell the story in your own voice and work on your voice, phonetics, enunciation, pronunciation, and then you just have to call games. You have to be able to you know turn off the TV, hit your play your tape recorder or your now to be your phone I guess, and call a game while you're watching TV and then listen back to listen back to it and see what, what you do. And you just got to keep doing that, doing that, and doing that, and volunteer for your high school to do it online or whatever you can to try to get that, 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 that mass experience. And then when you get to a university, you continue to try to you'll call whatever they'll let you call, whether it's volleyball or swimming or whatever, and just practice, 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 because that's really the only way you're going to make it as a, a professional announcer because there really isn't any other way. In my opinion, you know, now the color guys are, you know, they're all former athletes. So there's really no, right. there's very few of, of Joe and Jeff's out there that are color analysts. Anymore. No, not at all. So if, um, when you're listening to, you listen to it, it's different than I do, uh, because you're looking for, listen for all those things. Yeah. What, what's one thing that people do do right now that you recommend that they do emulate? I think that they want to emulate 
the I don't know how to say, how the people are telling the story. Does that make sense? Yes. When you're mostly and when we go to baseball, I think there's more story in baseball when you when you do that. I think the fact that how they tell the story and how they set the how they describe the setting, it's all right to emulate. You just don't want to emulate the voice and the characteristics, and you want to come up with your own way to call a game. Maybe your own home run call because everybody has their own home run call. Uh, but I think that's the the easiest way, and not the easiest way. That's the best way to try to get better at it. You definitely want to watch and and listen. I I, I tell the story all the time when I grew up. I did like to sit behind the broadcasters and just see how they hmm. kept all their stuff organized and things like that. And you know, I was the nerd that did that. <laughs> well, people forget how how much work I often tell the, my students who are wanting to be sports writers that if they want to be successful, they have to prepare like a radio or TV sportscaster because yep. sometimes they'll go, oh, they just do that. The, the preparation, you have to know how to pronounce everybody. You need to know the background. I find that broadcasters and announcers prepare generally better than some of the print. Because, oh, thank you. Have, let's say there's an injury and you don't have time. If, you, if you're a local station, they don't let you just go back and play a few songs. And, you know, you're going to have to fill that time. So you're going to have to have stats. You're going to have to have all the records of the, of the previous games. Right. Maybe some high school records. So you have all this stuff that you have to prepare for. So, hey, on Facebook, we did get a thank you for both of us wearing green today and, and uh, in honor of uh, the tragedy over at Mattoon High School uh, this week. So uh, we, pre- we appreciate it. And our, our thoughts are with everybody. Uh, there, uh, back to broadcasting. Uh, let's go back to when we talk about broadcasting. The other thing you want to look for, I think, when you're when you're listening or watching a game, is a little bit of the details. You know um, that you might not pick up on. You know, John Crook is, is was used to be really good at this. He'd pick up on a detail. I love Crook, yeah. and he's not around yeah. anymore. And he would pick up a detail of like a batter's. You know, had some kind of nuance, and then you'd watch. Then as as I would be right. really fascinated with watching those nuances, and that's the thing you want to listen for when they when they call that. Now I will say, Collinsworth had a really good call the other night on the. I think it might have been the, the Bengals first game? night game. I don't remember, but he talked about. The, a blo- how a guy blocked or defended a block on defense Falcons, okay, yeah. and still made the tackle because he positioned himself well. And Collinsworth called it immediately. And I thought that, you know, in terms of just the technical way he got that, you know, it was, it was really good. So watch for those nuances of how they see things on in, on the on a broadcast. One of the things you have to do on a broadcast, sometimes you get sidetracked and you've got to make sure that you are watching every play and every detail. Yeah, and I think those those are great lessons for anybody who also wants to do print is that you have to f- look for these nuances. Yep. You can't just tell people what they already know. You need to let them know something a little bit different than what they're seeing. Right? You can't watch it like everybody says, oh, we need to write it and pronounce it like a fan. No, you need to be far better than that. You need to be far better than that. You've you got to have your own style. You have to have your own take, your own vision of a broadcast. And I think that's very, very important. So do you visualize the broadcast ahead of time? So, yeah. Parts of it or elements of it? I think or? you think of what's going to happen, you know? You, you have to kind of think what you think is going to happen next. You know, Joe Buck always used to uh, used to say, I went on the home interview, that he has to think about what he thinks the next two or three plays are so he can kind of prepare in his mind, you know, when, when a team is running down, was moving down the field offensively so he can prepare – and he, you know, just to, so he knows what he thinks he's going to call. And mostly, if it's late in the game and it's a winning drive, okay, what do you think they're going to run next? He's thinking about that stuff in his mind as he goes over the broadcast. What would be for NFL broadcasts that you've seen so far this year, or even in the past? 
What would be one or two things that they hired you as a consultant you would tell them to do to make that aspect? Or are they already doing it pretty well? I think the NFL does a pretty good job. That's a, I wasn't prepared for that question. That's a good one. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, think, uh, I'll think out loud while I do this. You know, one of the things that I would like to see more of is the wide shot of the field sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the wide shot where you see all 22, they call it. Sure. Coaches film would be that another way they would call that. Every once in a while, show that all 22 so we can get a better look of how the sets are. Because in the NFL, what has happened lately is you, you know, even though we're on high def, when they first start the play, it's the side play of the line of the quarterback up close. You might be able to see where the running backs are, but you sometimes you can't even see if they've got two or three to the top or two or three to the bottom. It's right. just you only get to see those middle 15 players. I wouldn't mind a wide shot than closing in. That would be one thing I think. And that's more of a, a broadcast than a broadcaster, but I think that was something that as, a, as somebody who likes sports would like to see a little bit more of. I'll go to games, whether it's a World Cup soccer game or a baseball game, and I'll sometimes see uh, people listening still to it to the radio, or sometimes people like to listen to the radio feed as opposed to the the television one. Why do you think that might be it, or what are well, some of the differences? Well, that would be difference? for localism, I think. Don't you think? You think? Oh, I think yeah. part of it, yeah. but... Um, I think people like their local yeah, announcers. Think, you, you know, like if you're if you're a, you're a Giants fan, I'm a Steelers fan. When I I don't get to listen to a lot of the Steelers local radio, but when I have heard them, I do understand why people like them. You know, they're they're telling the stories, the history, more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable. Whereas you know, let's face it, if, if they call me and you in to do an, an NFL game, and we're going to do the Buccaneers Lions next week. We're all we're prepping that week and scrambling to try to learn right. all we can. Where if you're a Steeler announcer for 15 years, it's just natural that you're going to be able to do that. And so I think that that's vital. So what would make you uh, be more entertained with a Buccaneers Lions game? <laughs> you know, you've got a Lions team cheerleading where, shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, historically, you yeah. know, when Rune Arledge, you know, and Don Allmeyer who died, you know, he was he was a big fan of that as well. Um, wh- what sort of things do you make it more entertaining? Because you've got Matt Stafford. Because the NFL. There's a lot of dump passes nowadays. What, what are you going to do? Is it? And again, maybe we're putting too much emphasis on the broadcasters themselves. There's a, I think there's a problem with the game yeah. itself and some of the other factors that are brought and brought in. Is like 30 percent. Apparently, 30 percent of people say they don't watch it or they're really upset about the politics and the protests of sports. Well, I think that's part of it right now that we haven't talked about. That is, there's so much going on. In fact, I saw uh, on CBS had a story right before we came online that some of the NFL players have sent a letter to uh, Roger Goodell asking for an awareness month about all the activism going on in the country and he hasn't obviously decided yet so this is becoming a major issue in our in our country is is the activism and and politics and sports and it does put some people off some people just want to watch the game so what do you do when you have a disconnect it sounds like it seems like there's a disconnect between the players and the audience not all the audience but a, but a big disconnect, right? This is where the agents and some folks in the uh, in the know or at some point are going to have to talk to the players and say, listen, you don't want to ruin a good thing. You guys have basically been printing money in the NFL for the past dozen years. This activism and some of this other social issues where the true American fan doesn't want that involved in the game, you have potential to lose audience. You have, you have, I saw today they said – at the way they're going, the networks could get two hundred million dollars back. Yes, that is that's big money. Because I, mean, I think revenue between what Fox and NBC, yeah. AB, not ABC, and, and the four networks, um, they generate about two point five billion dollars. So yeah, two hundred million dollars, so ten per, not even ten percent. Yeah, and but you know, that that means less raises in the future. There, you know, when it, when it comes to what twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, when the the new contract between the NFL and the players union is going to have to go in, that I mean, we're probably going to have a strike that year. It all, they're already talking about, it and it's four years out because of they know there's going to be this 
big issue about all this stuff that you know disconnect and activism and ratings and money and you know practice squad as well as why the, the other dumb rule that the NFL I think would should change is I make a team but then on Sundays I'm inactive. Oh, so I, um, you had Eddie Lacy last yeah. week for the Seattle Seahawks. What? What? I, I no one has ever been able to explain to me. Why you have a 53-man roster, but only 46 get a play on Sunday? Yeah, I mean those seven. Think about it. If you're inactive for seven or for the entire year, you're inactive. You make all your salary. You make all the money. You've you've not helped the team at all, and teams are paying them. I mean, and you see all these guys getting injured and they're tired during the game. And when you're tired, you're you're more apt to get hurt. Just activate them all. What's the deal? They're on the sidelines anyway. Put them in uniform and let them play. Well, I noticed that Eddie Lacy not having been, he was like, I'm yeah. healthy. Why can't why am I playing? I noticed that he did get his salary, but I think a lot of these contracts I'm, I'm, are, are where if, if you're actually on the active roster, you yeah. get a bonus. Yeah. So he lost like $70,000, which I know that, that's our That's walking sense. around money. That's walking around for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's like six years salary for us, right? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if it's a financial thing where they want players to get play, paid and not, because I'm with you. I don't... I don't understand why they do it either. Yeah, I'd like someone to explain that to us. Uh, Richard Sherman also, he's been a big a big uh, mouth of the NFL. And, and he's a very smart man. He's a smart guy that a lot of people don't like. Or he's a Went smart to guy. Stanford, I yeah, think, Stanford, right? Stanford, yes. Um, but, you know, one of the things he said to this week is that NFL's injury reports are just basically a, a service to the gamblers. He's right. And, whoa, I mean, that that is he is right. But to say it out loud, and now that's going to be another issue. And and when people, when Richard Sherman talks, people listen. <laughs> they do. And so now the NFL has another another thing they're going to have to deal with in terms of injury reports and gambling. And you have the Kaepernick stuff, and you have the activism, lower ratings, worse. You know, not a very good game on the on the market right now. You look at tonight when we're broadcast when we're broadcast this on a Thursday, or record this on a Thursday. It's the Niners and Rams. The Niners can't sell out their stadium. The Rams aren't selling out their stadium. Two average at best teams who are playing on Thursday night. I mean, does that excite you? Uh, I think you're being gracious. I don't <laughs> think I don't think they're both uh, mediocre teams at that. Uh, well, my niece works for the Niners, so I had to. Be well, nice. they're horrible. They're horrible <laughs> this year. And you know, some teams always going to have to be bad compared compared to the rest of them. Yeah. But that's a really really poor game, team. I mean, seriously, I will tell you what, if Kaepernick was playing for him. I'd be intrigued. Yep. There's there's that you know off field angle yep. there, but yeah, who cares about the Niners and their? I think that Thursday night football is causing, in part, I don't think it's any one of these things, but the fact that when you know we were younger, you'd have your local team game, um, whether it's AFC, NFC, yep. and then maybe a four o'clock game. Not always, but usually, and then Monday night football. Yep. And now you're having Sunday night football, Thursday night football. And this Sunday, you've got Sunday morning football, if you want to watch it on Yahoo, but not on regular TV. Right, and they do a the couple of those from, yeah. from England. Yeah, Jaguars and Ravens this week. So that's, Yeah, oh, well, another game that who cares? Yeah, another game that just Unless highlights for the pregame show is what that is. That's all it is. I mean, there's, there's a lot of games. Yep. There's a lot of games out there, and because of that, I think that's playing a big part. Why not get rid of the Thursday? What's happening is a lot of them is like, we'll get, we get money for this, we get money for that. Yeah. But ultimately... If you're losing $200 million in revenue, 
Is it really costing you money, or well, is it really gaining you money? At some point, something has to give, and I think the NFL is real close to that. Now, again, NFL's ratings are still number one across the board in terms of what, what they're going up against. They're just down from what the NFL is used to, and then that means less money coming in. Something's got to give. But they are going to give Roger Goodell a contract extension, even though Jerry Jones was trying to get his nose in there a little bit and try to stop it because he wasn't happy about some of the things that Roger Goodell's done. But, I mean, it looks like the extension's going to be signed any minute now. I... Roger Goodell, by all accounts, seems like he's a very bright man. Um, he seems like he's done a lot for the NFL. But at some point, they're going to have to eject him if, if he doesn't change because his inconsistency with the, with the penalties for different players, um, his antagonistic, at points, um, relationship with both owners sometimes, but yeah. mostly players. Um, I... Maybe right now you want to give it to him because you don't want to create some sort of furor, another one in the NFL. Well, I think they want him for that negotiation and against Amora Smith when the, the contract's up. And I can't remember if it's 2020 or 2021. I think that we want – and those two are just going to butt heads. And it's Oh, be, absolutely yeah. they are. So you talk about uh, – if we're still doing this show in four years, that's going to be the topic for that entire Let's plan on it. Season, put right? it in the book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what else is on your mind today, Joe? Well, coming back to one thing about gambling, it's um, – anybody who doesn't believe that gambling is a big part of the NFL doesn't have a clue. Gambling is a big part, and on top of that, as, as you know, referees, officials in the NFL used to not be able to go into that town, and if they did, they had to call the office right away. Yep. Now we're putting a team in there. Maybe it's a time to embrace gambling. That's been brought up. I Which just is a horrible idea. I mean, in some ways it's, it's horrible because gambling and all the other things, but people know. It's like we want to believe what we want to believe, but... Gambling's part of it. Well, you that's why the injury reports. Well, well, why, that's why they the have the who's, who's favored every week. Who's what's favored the spread? And what's the spread? I mean, are you betting against the spread or with? You know, so all that stuff is there. You're exactly right. So uh, another Jimmy the Greek or something yeah, like Jimmy that. The Greek what is was shows? on there? Yeah, until he messed it up. I mean, he was. You know, that's Please. what people did. So I mean. I'm not an NFL gambler in terms of betting on games, other than if you count fantasy football, which you know whether you, that some people think that's a game of skill. It, well, it's just it's a well, <laughs> yes and no. no. I mean, <laughs> another story for another day. That's a, yeah, absolutely, but it is gambling in yeah. some ways yeah, because right. you can say all you want about knowing poker, but there's some skill involved, but there's also some luck it's involved luck. too, right? Exactly. It's just an awful and lot. There, of and injuries do play a big part of it because you, as you look at your fantasy team, you got do I play this guy? He's, he's questionable, and so that, so that plays into it. So. What do you watch college football? I love college football. Why do you like college football? College football to me is it's just a more pure sport. I, I, the kids seem to be having a lot more fun than the NFL players are. You more know, celebrations, more celebrations, and just genuine f- fun. They're enthused about it. I, where NFL players, it is a job to them, and I get that. I mean, you know, you you want Ben Roethlisberger to have fun, but he look, you know, it's a job. He's going to go home to his kids after the game. Where I'm going to watch Baker Mayfield Saturday night play against Baylor and probably throw for seven touchdowns, and I'll have a blast watching Oklahoma play or Eastern Illinois play or you know whoever I want to watch. It's just fun watching college football. It's, it's just part of the uh, part of Americana is to watch college football. I think I, I, there's pageantry and there's tradition. The pageantry, I think, is used. The excitement, I think you're right on on both of those. I think there's two other things maybe part of it, too. One is the NFL is kind of predictable. We almost we sort of know who's going to win. Yeah. College football has so much unpredictability. Oh, yeah. You could be up by four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And lo- we, we yep. saw, uh, well, what was the college team that lost here? Was it UCLA? Yeah. When they had that. They were, I, yeah, they thought, that you, sure, I turned it off because they were going to lose. And they came back and scored, five, you know, whatever, 35 yeah. points. Unbelievable. And, yeah. and, and the excitement connected there. Plus, I think there's also a much more diverse offensive schematics there. The NFL nowadays, the, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and the Detroit Lions against the Giants the other day throws for, what, 130 yards. 
<laughs> that's yeah, that's that's way exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, how about you know uh, uh, Baker throwing for four hundred yards, or or, or, or someone running for two sixty, or yeah. whatever it happens to be? It's and then you don't have you don't have the same offense for every different team. It's just so unpredictable. Whether he had the team that was a forty five point was it Howard University yeah, was were. a forty five point underdog and ends up winning the game. If so, there's no way in hell the Jets are beating the, the Patriots. No, I don't care. No. Put how much money you want on the game. <laughs> And gamble all you can, the Patriots are going to win. Whether they cover the spread, that's another thing. But they're not going to lose, oh, yeah, right? Oh, you're 100% right. And you're usually not that much right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's twice in you know one month there. Uh, college football is so much more exciting. I, so we got a couple minutes on Facebook. College football or pro football? What do you like best? You know, There's a lot of people out there watching. Mary Drake was watching, Kevin Lang, Peter Lee. So if you're out there, uh, let us know. Do you like NFL or college? The other thing is uh, when you're watching non-sports, I mean, the, this, the things related to it, the pregame, the postgame, reading stories, what are you looking for when you're, when you're going online to read about, because you're a big Steelers fan, you're a big Braves fan, I, what do you want to read about those teams? I want to read, like this week, for example, a perfect example is last week, I'm a James Harrison fan. I love James Harrison. Oh, great player. Didn't get in the game last week. Didn't yeah. play one play. Yeah. And I wanted to find out. It took to like Tuesday for Mike Tomlin to address it, and he basically said, we will use James when we need James. And they're basically saving him for a late season run in playoffs. Because he's injured. He's, well, no, he's not injured. He's 39 years old, and he's an outside linebacker, and they know that he can't play 18, 19 games. Okay, to get there you Super go. Bowl. But he was active on the roster. And I'm like, this goes back to my inactive-active. We have an inactive linebacker on the roster. Why not activate him and deactivate James? Because why? I, it doesn't make sense why we didn't use him, but that was the story. So I bet it has something to do with him getting a bonus for, Probably, for yeah. being on the roster. It Keep him a, happy. Exactly. So uh, that's that's the big one that I guess comes to mind right now. Yeah, because I, 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 want, I want insights into my teams. Yep. And if it's not the team that I root for, I want some interesting. I want some great stories, some yeah. great narratives. Yeah, and, and, and like in Sports Illustrated, and you know, there's all kinds of things yeah. online too. And on Sundays, ESPN, the magazine. Oh, yeah, I'm a Fox guy on Sundays. I like watching the you know Bradshaw, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Michael Strahan, and you know that 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 group I think has a really neat uh, program. I like that group. Yeah, yeah, That's I like that group. Although. Admittedly, I, I'm more I'm more likely to watch the halftime or the post game than than the pregame. So I'm not a post game fan. After the game's over, I'm ready to move on to the new game, or I'm going to watch Red Zone and see all the ends of the other games. Well, I was asking my students two days ago. Paul Klein votes for college and high school, unless the Cowboys are playing. Well, college, yeah. Yes. Um, Cowboys aren't that good this year. <laughs> they weren't the other night. That's sorry. Um, I. I uh, I forgot what you just asked me to tell you the truth. It just on Sunday mornings, whether you're, uh, you know, oh, um, and you like post game. I had a student uh, telling me that he watched the NFL Red Zone. He doesn't watch any games, and I said, "I'll bet you anything that it's because you're a fantasy football player," and that's that was exactly the reason. My students who are in a sports and the media class don't watch much sports. That's weird. They watch if they do watch it. They have a couple of pre, they had a couple of pregame hockey. You know, if they're like the Blackhawks or something like that, but they're not watching as much sports as we did, or maybe we do. You know, you, I look at my kids. My oldest boy Nicholas, who's in college now, he doesn't watch much sports. My younger two love sport, watching sports on TV. So mm-hmm. it, it it is a that group right there that's in that eighteen to twenty two twenty that that group does not watch a lot of live sports. It, it is part of their they're they're kind of in their own into their own thing. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that Paul Klein is not mad at you about he was whatever about your Cowboys dig. So <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to wrap this show up. We're uh, wait we're over thirty minutes on this podcast. Oh, we really? There Holy cow! Go. So um, again, our thoughts with everybody over to Matt Toon. I know a lot of Absolutely. people from Matt Toon are watching. Uh, uh, keep your heads up over there, and uh, Joe and I wore green for you guys today, and our, our thoughts are with everybody in Mattoon, and uh, we'll get through this, I promise you guys. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.